Hello, listening people. Who are you talking to? I'm talking to the listening people. Oh, hey. I'm sick. No, I'm Ryan. And you are Bartek. Are you not? Yes, yes, that's right. Um, On the internet, my username is uh, sexmachine22. Oh, yes. So if you you see that lying around, it's either me or an imposter. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm Ryan Slewinski, and uh, what is your your last name, Bartek? For those who can read it, but they don't know how to pronounce it. Well, look. Like me. Look, Bartek's the first name. I'll just say that right now. And the last name is... K-A-S-P-R-Z-Y-Z-O-K. Oh, my Lord. What a mouthful. Yes, we are spitting Polish, likingly, because we're always spitting. And if you pay attention to our last name, we are both Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? What was your last name again? Slowinski. Oh, that's definitely Polish. Uh, it's got a ski in there, so definitely. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Um, so... What do we do? Well, the show is Unappreciated Masterpieces, and what we do on this show is we do audio commentaries for movies that need to be talked about. Movies that may not be completely forgotten, but ones that certainly have not got the limelight that they deserve. Movies that are art, but art that has not been appreciated. We are here to talk about these movies Bartek, what mm. is the unappreciated gem that we are going to talk about in this episode? Rubies. Thank you. They are unappreciated. What is the unappreciated masterpiece, Bartek? Ladies and gentlemen, the movie that we are doing today on unappreciated masterpieces is Jane Balvana. Uh, well... I'm imagining you're speaking Polish, Bartek. I know we've had a couple of weeks off, and I and I can't necessarily remember the format of our show, but in my hindsight memory, you say the title's in Polish, and I don't know how to speak Polish. Mm-hmm. So what did you say? I don't know what movie we're watching. Yeah, good. You remembered how it goes. I do remember. Yes, and remember, after this, we introduce the guest. The movie <laughs> that we are doing today is... Look, do you want me to... Hold on, Ryan. Before I say, do you want me to translate what I said, which is the, the actual... Uh, Give me both. Okay, if I translate exactly what I just said, it's Day Snowman. I love Day Snowman. Day Snowman, yeah. But no, the actual title as it was originally made is Snow Day. Snow Day? Snow Day. Snow Day from 2000? Hey, Ryan, it's Snow Day to be sad. Ah, wow. As the title of the... As little snippet says... Roads closed, schools shut, rules were made to be frozen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And look at all those snowmen on the front cover. So, we're doing the Nickelodeon classic film, Snow Day. Snow Day with the, I guess you could call him mysterious, or beautiful, or enigmatic, Chris Elliott as a snowplow man, mm. Chevy Chase as Chevy Chase, and others. As we will discover. Mm-hmm. So we are doing the film Snow Day. So I imagine you guys need to get your copy ready. But as Bartek mentioned before, do we have a guest on? We don't always do this alone, as Ryan always says. Today we're doing it alone. Do it, yes, today's It's alone just day. Bartek and I doing Snow Day. This is our Snow Day away from guests. I like how... This is our third time doing it without a guest. The first time was also a movie that had something to do with snow. Yeah, Christmas. So, uh, <laughs> so this is the time, guys. Get your copy of Snow Day ready because it is a cinematic masterpiece. Am I right? 
this could be the defining feature of our millennium. I mean, this came out at the start of it. This came out 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Think, has cinema ever reached as high as it has back then? Could this be better than the better than any movie? Well, you're going to hear us talk about how it could be or could not be. Or, you know, matter of fact, this could have just shaped how films were made. Am I right? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out if I'm right about that. So, get it ready, guys, because we're just going to launch into this. We're going to launch into this. A part of you are saying, oh, I wanted to hear why you guys were away for a while. Well, clearly, you didn't hear about the massive snow day that happened for three weeks that kept us off the air. Also, I made a Facebook post about it, like, a month ago. Yeah, so, you know, pff, you know whatever. So, get it ready, because we're going to start this bad boy in three Two, one, play. Yeah, you played that good. I did play that good. So, of course, we have the opening logos, and as as I noticed, there's snow on that mountaintop. Yeah. Could that be foreshadowing? Paramount. Look at all those stars. I don't remember star. Oh, wait, no. No Chevy Chasers in this movie, so I remember a star. Ah, that's right. Uh, and here's, here's... I thought this was the principal <laughs> for a moment, but it's not. No, I thought I thought this had something to do with the movie. Yeah, you thought this is how like, the Oh, wow, opens. they're just launching right in there, and then that's... <laughs> uh, that's this falls in, and then it's like, oh, whoa, this is serious, and it's like, oh, it's just a logo. <laughs> so, I will give you guys, listeners, a piece of uh, behind the scenes of, of this film. The creators of this were the creators of the Nickelodeon show The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Bartek? No, around the time that was on was a couple of years before I started watching a lot of Nickelodeon. Well, I've never watched it either, but I kind of wanted to because it seemed like a really surrealist, intellectual kids' comedy. And I, I don't know, I'm not joking, it really does. So it makes you wonder what happened when creating this. But the creators of uh, this created that, and... I have a DVD copy of this, and I recommend you all buy the DVD copy because the special features on this movie are fantastic. And one of the most fantastic parts is the commentary from the director and the writers, which I know I'm setting a pretty high standard by saying this, but I don't even think that you and I, Bartek, can beat how great that commentary is. That is, honestly... That commentary needs to be mentioned with the drunken commentary of Cannibal the Musical or the great Dennis Hopper commentary of Apocalypse Now. That comment, The commentary by these guys is so on point. Because when we do this show, we often ask ourselves, why isn't this movie done very well? What happened behind the scenes? And listening to the commentary by those guys, we don't even need to ask that. It's simple. They made something and the studio interfered with it. And they're still bitter about it. And it's great to listen to their commentary. But you know who they're not bitter about? Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase is in this movie. Bartek, are you a big fan of Chevy Chase? Um, I loved that movie that we did, Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Do you think he's better in this movie or that one? Well, I remember in that episode that we did on that, we you talked a lot about how Chevy Chase just really didn't seem to want to be there and was <laughs> yeah. just kind of... Cashing it in. Cashing it in and uh, just being... You mentioned he had moments where it looked like he's not acting, he's actually, like, reacting. To yeah, it. yeah. In this one, I felt like... He's acting. Yeah, he, he's, he wants to be here more so than in there. 
So, what is our history with this movie, Bartek? What What about you? What's your history with this? Had you seen this before? I uh, hadn't seen it before and hadn't heard of it. And usually when you tell me a movie that I hadn't heard of, and that's like, okay, we're going to do this. Usually I just go to the Wikipedia page and, like, read what genre it is and, like, maybe a, maybe a synopsis. This time I just went there, looked at the cast and didn't look at anything else. But I, I had this idea in my head that, like, Okay, snow day. I think there's a thing in, like, countries where... Snow happens. Snow happens. Like, oh, you get a day off school, so I... Is that what it's about? And little did I know, that's, like, exactly what <laughs> like, this movie is about. If you could take the title of Snow Day, like Bartek did, and just use your first thought, which Bartek did, that's a 90-minute movie premise. <laughs> <laughs> like, they take what Bartek's initial thought of, Snow Day, what's that? So when the kids have a day off school, right? That for 90 minutes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> now, here's the principal, who you think is going to be the main antagonist of the film, don't you? But he's yeah, not. But he's just a running joke instead. So, um, he's running, all right. Uh, so, my relationship with this movie is a long one. This is one I've had in my DVD collection since DVDs. It is a staple of my childhood. Why, you ask? Because snow. No, uh, not snow. But my family and I are very much into punk rock. And just the fact that Iggy Pop, a great punk musician, is in this movie at all as the ice rink owner. That was enough for my parents to go, we need to buy this and watch it and watch it and watch it. And boy, is it worth a watch. This is a movie that's close to my heart. It's now close to Bartek's and it's going to be close to yours. I mean, I haven't watched Pete and Pete myself, but I imagine this is better than Pete and Pete. I mean, you know, look what it's got. It's got uh, a a central antagonist, you could say. There's five of them. Uh, You've got a central protagonist. Again, you could say that, but there's like five of them. Uh, The central protagonist is kind of creepy. Well, he's the narrator, right? He's he's very creepy. (laughs) Okay. Can I just leap into something that I think needs to be mentioned? I have no idea what you're going to talk about, Ryan. So just, just tell me so that I can understand. Hold my you're... hand, Bartek. Okay. I've listened to other podcasts about this movie. I've listened oh, okay. to commentary tracks. I've watched this, and only the director and myself have brought up this singular issue in the movie. Yeah? What? The girl that he's in love with uh-huh. throughout 95% of this movie yeah. has some serious nipples poking through her outfit. It is great. The central girl that he's chasing, she has some serious nip blasting throughout the entire movie. Not the entire movie, but 95%. So the next scene we're going to see her in, or like, yeah, see her in, she's in the diner. Uh-huh. There's a quick shot where it pans, like, pans, zooms close in onto her. You just see some serious nips blasting. It is a movie where nips are just prevalent because you know why? It's cold. Yeah. It is cold. It is and cold. as a young child, I appreciated that. So not this particular scene, but you can kind of see the outline of nips. It's, it's a movie in which young boys are major fans. And I was a young boy once, and I'm a young man now, and I appreciate both. <laughs> So, I just love, in the director's commentary, there's a scene later on where she's diving on a high board, uh, and she's in her swimming outfit, and she's got serious nips blasting, and the director said, and I quote, uh, there's our PG rating. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Bartek... Oh, look at these poor people. They're at school. <laughs> They're at school. Ugh. So, we've been introduced to a plethora of characters. Most so of them, far, yeah. not all. We not all. Not we have not the real hero of the story. Yes, the mustache cameraman. <laughs> oh, Frank! Yeah, Frank. <laughs> so, Bartek, when you watched this movie and you thought, "Oh, it's just a movie," like you thought what you thought, did you actually think that that was going to be the actual whole plot of the movie? At what point did you realize your first thought was the only thought of the movie? Well. In that very opening scene where that with this girl right here, Natalie or Nats, I think she's Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. She's um, she's just looking completely magical about the whole. You know, there's a snowflake falling, and I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna lick it up or make it fall in my mouth. Yeah. And then later on, when it, it when it actually is snowing, and she <laughs> opens the front door, and she's just like, she's what does she say? It's like it's snowing or something. She says. Yeah, she says not. It's snowing. It. She's. I think she just says, like. I remember she just says this. Snow. Yeah, yeah. That's what she says. And it. <laughs> and, literally and it goes, that long. And yeah, like zooms out and all that. And that just reminded me. Oh, cat. That, and that just. Rem- <laughs> Don't get me on about that cat. <laughs> and that just reminded me of like, uh, like a cliche of like a child waking up on like Christmas, opening the like window, going, "It's Christmas." <laughs> So that cat that you just pointed out, I also wrote that in my notes. I just went, oh, this random cat. And then I even wrote, I bet Bardock's going to bring up this cat. And then I listened to the director's commentary. I don't mean to go on too much about this commentary. You need to listen to it for yourself. But they even make a joke going, oh, there's a cat. And then one of them's like, yeah, we did that in post. It's a computer effect. (laughs) And then they're like, no, we're joking. The cat followed us around on set. It was a curse. (laughs) And then I love, it's a curse. Explains a lot. It's like, jeez. So... Ooh, the mum. The mum is in it, and her literal lines are, I'm a terrible mother, I know, which sets up her character from the get-go. Yeah. Really? So we've got the younger son, oh, who yes. I imagine is what... <laughs> you know, I haven't met Bartek's younger brother, but I imagine that's what he was like when he was this age. Knowing you. Um... I can reflect upon what your brother's like, even though I've not really met him, and I imagine he was like this kid, but in Polish. No, my brother can't speak Polish. Oh, yeah, well, your brother's shit cunt then, isn't he? Oh, no. <laughs> Take that. I, What's his I, name again? Uh, should I say his real name? Yeah. He likes the page, so they could easily find another Casper Shack. His real name is Big Dick 69. Big Dick 69? Sucker Dick! <laughs> so, I imagine he's what this is like, but, you know, he is the enigmatic performance of Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, as I mentioned in uh, Nothing But Trouble, which I somewhat forgot he was in now that we've moved past that episode. But he was only the main character. He was, he was one of the main characters. It was like five as well. Um, he's one of those guys that I feel is a tragic hero. Because... In this movie or the actor? In real life. Okay. The thing about Chevy Chase is, from the behind the scenes of Chevy Chase, that we know of him now, is he's really grumpy, curmudgeon-y. He, he He's not up with modern humour. He comes from a different era of humour. He comes from the same era as Bill Murray. Let's not forget. And we now live in... We now live in an age where Bill Murray is, like, this weird cult figure, and Chevy Chase is, like, hated. Even though... In real life, Chevy Chase was a nice guy, and Bill Murray's always been a dick. Mm. Bill Murray's still a dick, and now Chevy Chase has turned into an asshole as well, which is sad because he was always a nice guy, but never as as beloved as Bill Murray. 
So this is the scene that forever I talk about where he puts on the bracelet. Yeah. He puts it the on anklet. his hairy... Yeah, yeah. F- yeah, sorry. He puts on his anklet on his hairy foot. And Bart's like, this is my favorite scene. This scene right here. Where Chevy Chase comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I... When I talk about this movie, I talk about this scene. Even though Iggy Pop's in it and Chris Elliott's in it. I mean, there's a scene later where Chris Elliott dips chips on a so-called bloody Josh Peck. But this is the scene in which the daughter says to the dad without context that she saw his teenage son wearing a girl's anklet. He just responds with... Yeah, you know, it's just a perfectly natural thing to do. Wait, what, wait, 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 anklet? <laughs> <laughs> like, it is the most realistic... Wait, did you say anklet? Yeah. It's like, it, it always was... has a, like, to experiment. It and then was... he's like, wait, what? And then he just goes, well, it's perfectly normal. And just the look of... The look of absolute terror in his eyes. And then he just goes, oh, wait, no, no, I've, I've got to move on to something else. Here's a present. It's, it's fantastic <laughs> that he didn't, like, overplay that. Well, that's a... See, this is the example, more than nothing but trouble, but I feel this is where Chevy Chase, this is in the down period of Chevy Chase's career, like, this is in the height of Chevy Chase, but that there is the glimmer, and throughout moments of this movie, we get the glimmer of why Chevy Chase is Chevy Chase, and it is because of that attitude of, I don't give a fuck. He has a real attitude of, he cares, there's the nips, he cares, but he doesn't care. And he's a dad and he's supposed to care. And he's just oblivious, naive. That's why people like his main character that everyone loves, Clark Griswold, because he's an idiot, he's lovable, he's an arsehole. He's all these ranging emotions all in one face. And that scene is a highlight of Chevy Chase. And there's a scene later where he's dressed up as Jack Frost. And he's just like, that's a nice car. Wouldn't mind that one in my garage. And then he just laughs, but he laughs too long. Like, he's like... <laughs> okay, but is he a leg jiggler? A leg jiggler? That sounds like when I read when I read in my notes, it's like, what is this an episode of Seinfeld? Like, he's just like, <laughs> I can't. Would, he's like, I can't. That date. would be one. He's like, geez, I can't date a leg jiggler. It's like a lady's like, what's a leg jiggler? It's like you don't know a leg jiggler. It's like jiggle their legs. What's wrong with you? So Bartek, do you think the hot girl is hot? Because uh, I know I do. Claire. Yeah, Claire Bear. Well, I mean, you've had the whole precedent of growing up looking at her hard nips. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a bit biased. You are As someone who has not grown up on her hard nipples, would you say you're attracted to her? I mean, not that I think she's unattractive, but not especially, I guess. Yeah, but for, like, realistic terms, because that's just something I really think... Look, if I was younger and I watched this movie, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. By the, in the context of this movie, she's definitely hot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so at this sequence, did you think it was actually snowing? No, not really. Why? It's snowing because from it's the inside, roof. it's inside a house. But she has her windows open. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, I just thought she was insane. <laughs> 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 so... Josh Peck, Josh Peck is in this movie, yes. and Bart's like thanked me that we were having subtitles on for when watching this because I, I, I also agree. I think like forty percent of his lines I can't understand. <laughs> is it his kind of Boston accent that he has, or is it just that every single kid in this movie? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not joking. With, with me, it was mainly Josh Peck's first line, where, like, I was watching the movie, you know, still gauging, like, is this about a school day? Like, uh, sorry, snow day? Yeah, it's snow day. Is it and snow? You, you look at this principal guy, he's, like, I don't know, doing Dancing? a barbecue or whatever. And it then, reminds me and of our friend Will. <laughs> if Will was in a movie, he would be the principal. Yeah, probably. And then it just pans over to these kids, and Josh Peck just... He just said something really enthusiastically, and I didn't, and I didn't understand a single word of it. I'm like, oh, that's Josh Peck. I like Josh Peck. I like what he's doing here. I don't know Apparently what he's saying. Apparently, Josh Peck, in between his scenes, would go to the club in the town and do stand-up comedy, and he was only like 12 years really? old. Shit, really? Yeah. I think he was 14, but... No, they said he was 12 in this. Oh, well. So, isn't that great? Because he would have been already had Drake and Josh when he was 14. In 2000, I think Drake and Josh was a fair bit after that. Yeah. Because I, I watched a lot of Drake and Josh. I was, I was around when it... Uh, I was there when it started, Ryan. Well, I'm not a Drake and Josh expert. So, it's snow! And this is where the plot begins. You could get rid of that first bit, but this is where it begins. It should have just opened up with Chevy Chase going, It's snow! It, it should open up with Josh Peck's line and then <laughs> cut to It's snow. <laughs> Like we were talking yeah. about, we were talking about something when that was happening, and like yeah. I only briefly glanced, and I just saw the words "man, oh man, oh man." Oh, or something. So, man, oh, man. Every single child. I like the black kid. There's a bit at the end where he's on the snowplow, and literally he's shouting his lines, and he just goes, "We're gonna do a bit of unplowing," and he does it in this childlike way. Where, where I said it sounds like, "Oh, that's how it sounds." And he's like, it's great. So when I was watching this movie and she was sleeping with the slug, snow globe, uh, snow you're globe like Citizen Kane reference. No, I was like, that's gonna fall, it's gonna break, like it's Citizen Kane. Be... It's an heirloom. It, it, it's probably fragile. Yes, you can, it's like gonna Citizen drop. Kane. And then when it fell, I'm like, oh shit. And then when it fell and didn't break, I'm like, movie magic. I love. Um, yeah, she just says snow. And you know what? This movie without sound. It's, it looks like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah you're right. When he, when he sniffs the anklet and then puts it on without yeah, sound. Yeah, it would have smelled like chlorine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have smelled like him because he had been holding it in his hand all day. Yeah, even... Even later on, <laughs> the understated character of the movie, uh, Chuck... Says, ugh, sweaty. I was about to say that, then I just realised we hadn't really talked about him yet. We haven't talked about 90% of the characters because there's too many characters. Uh, the mum here, she's great. What I love is it's just the principal's just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm unaware that my own school is closed. He's like, he still doesn't know if he has to go to work or not. <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> no. I thought they would phone you first. Like, wasn't there an episode of The Simpsons where it like, implied that the school decides? Yeah. Because the whole thing was like, oh, it's snowing, but then yeah, Skinner yeah, yeah. wanted the school but to happen anyway. That's a cartoon. This is a live action film that has cartoon elements. Do you remember there's a bit later on in the movie where they go to the hot girl's house and there's literally like 200 people out there yeah. with roses. That was the that was the part where... Tubers. And when I was watching tubers. it, that was when you messaged me on Facebook. I'm like, Ryan, I'm watching the movie. <laughs> so, there's a lot of characters, Bartek. We haven't talked about all of them, but do you have a favourite? When you watch this movie, this is your first time, now it's your second time. Do you have a favourite? There's a whole plethora you can choose from. Oh, there's a whole lot. I mean, I think even in my brainstorming, I might conclude Josh Peck, but... Josh! Man, oh man, I love Josh Peck. Oh man, oh man, thanks, Patrick. Josh, you're the guest. Hey, Josh Peck's on this show. Watch out, Oprah. 
<laughs> so, you know what? I didn't know I could do a really good young Josh Peck impersonation. It's See, not, it's another, not, it's another advantage of doing this show is we find out what impersonations we can do. I could do a great Paul Giamatti, which is, what do you want? And you could do a great uh, uh, Orson Welles. And, well, yes. And course. I could do a great young Josh Peck. <laughs> great young Josh Peck. <laughs> yeah, what do you want me, me? So you were saying your favourite character is Josh Peck. Probably, or Wayne is his character's name. Wayne, but, but I mean, the good, Wayne. Good runners up would probably be uh, the gentleman on the screen right now. Well, uh, those kids. The, <laughs> they're my favourites too. Yes, that gentleman, the kids. Uh, no, <laughs> the the snowplow man, Roger. I think his name is. Yeah. Okay. Was I the only one? I don't know. I've watched this movie years and years, but I was confused. I thought they said his name was Darling Clementine, and then no, it's is his plow is named Darling yeah. Clementine. But for some reason, I thought they said he was. I know. I got the quiz question right when it's, they asked <laughs> don't, me. Don't even get me started. We're gonna hear your quiz. But my favorite character. I've watched this movie for sixteen years. It's a mood piece. I mean, obviously, the staple character. I would have to say it's quintessentially my favorite. Has to be the Snowplow Man. He's just always the go-to guy. But I don't know. I really, it's hard. Is it my bias to say Iggy, Iggy Pop as as uh, Mr. Zellweger, the snow rink owner? Well, look, Ryan. Because I love Iggy Pop? You, you or st- should I just say what my heart is really telling me? Erect nipples. I mean, <laughs> they're the best character of the movie. They're, they're, they're reliable. Well, look, Ryan, you, you, you're not allowed to like the snowplow man because, I mean, Roger Ebert didn't like him. Fuck, didn't he? No, he didn't. Did Roger Ebert piss on this movie? He especially pissed on Snowplayer Man. Wow, let me guess. He was not okay with him tying a kid to the front of a snowplow. Was that his problem? Actually, he didn't mention that. Was his favourite character Chevy Chase? I, pardon me, what's that? Look, my favourite character is all of them. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ebert mentioned that while he likes Chevy Chase, he was wasted in this movie, and that he was flabbergasted that someone walked out of this movie saying, "I wish there was more Chevy Chase in it." I really do wish there was more Chevy Chase in it because he was well, great. Roger Ebert would be flabbergasted. Well, I'm, I'm flabbergasted, man. No, what he didn't like about Chris, uh, uh, the Snowplayer Man, was uh, a few things. Like he said that his character was just weird, and one, Good, I like and it. one thing that he especially like, it was his had a relationship with, with his bird was no. His problem was when he, when uh, when he's tied up at the end of the movie to that pole and he starts laughing maniacally. He's like, there was no reason he had to laugh maniacally. What was the purpose of that? Because he had won. Because he thought he had won. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense to me because the character of the Snowplow Man relishes and enjoys the fact that the kids are afraid of him. So why would he not do something to make them afraid? Because they think they've got the upper hand. The only thing he can do is laugh. Really, what can he do? Yeah, he thought he'd won. He's like, okay, you've tied me up, but you still have to go to school tomorrow. And villains laugh. Yeah. Okay. And Roger Ebert had a problem with that laugh. See the sequence here? I thought these characters were going to be in it. Like, Oh no, it's just a little world building. It's just like, give me a break. And then the postman. I thought he was going to go postal at the end. Even though I've seen no, this 16 Ryan, times. This is like Beauty and the Beast where it's like, oh, the They turn into song. candles, yeah. The beginning, <laughs> the beginning song where they're like, she's walk, walking through the town and she meets all these people and they're like, hey, you. Hey, yo, wah. So uh, here he is, the hero of the film as well. So you think he's going to be an antagonist. They set him up very early on as this antagonist, but instead he's just a foil. Again, 
this movie without sound it's kind of like like a horror movie right there no it reminded me more of like a western like he just walked into a saloon or, or an empty town and he's like looking around like hmm no no varmints around here yeah I imagine he's just sheriff <laughs> yeah I do like the whole fact that like yeah we know that kids are throwing snowballs but I like how the filmmaking makes it look like they're coming out of nowhere uh fun fact all of the crew throw, stu- throw snowballs at him like well yeah all of no, all of them. Every single crew member is behind the camera, throwing snowballs at him. How funny would it be if they actually like, even though you don't see them, they got actual kids to do it anyway. Uh, Josh Peck, in the special features on the DVD, teaches you how to make a perfect snowball and how to throw it perfectly. And I honestly, it's so cute because Josh Peck is so wasted in this movie because Josh Peck in real life in the behind the scenes feature is just a real comedian and when you hear him go oh he was 12 years old doing stand up comedy yeah I can see it like he's there showing you a perfect snowball and he goes like this he goes yes this is a perfect snowball do you and he like holds it up and goes do you think that's enough snow yes no you need to get more and he grabs more snow and he has this massive snowball and he goes see this fits my needs perfectly for what I'm gonna do which is snowballing and he just like throws it it's good that Ryan you grew up on these movies that had all these Amanda show regulars like <laughs> I never Peck watched I never watched Amanda show yeah yeah so the, we haven't even talked about the female character that he actually oh his be- best, best friend, friend yeah so, her name is Lane. That's it, Lane, yeah. Lane. Not Jane Lane, but Lane. And, yeah, I found the sequence part. I don't know about you, but to, since we never grew up with snow, we have all these ideas of snow, but we don't know the realities. Like, I didn't think about the handprints. Mm, I've, I mean, I've... Movie's educational. Oh, you've been to Poland, so I imagine yeah, I've seen, snow. I've seen my sister do it. Oh, well, fuck. But, she, you know, she was wearing mittens, so not really a handprint. Well... I guess you got the film there. Take that. And now they're just sliding on some dude's car. They didn't see it, Ryan. Uh, she did. It's covered in snow. Snow day. So. When... Snow car there. So... <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, so this film is. We haven't even talked about the premise. The premise basically is Snow Day happened, and that's it. Uh, snow Day happened, I and guess... this guy wants to win over the love of his life. Yeah, the, the tagline, I think we should... Well, not a tagline, but the recurring line in the movie is like, anything can happen on a snow day. So it's yeah. meant to be like this whole magical thing of like a, a day off being glo- uh, romanticised. Yeah. Can I just... Last mention of the other commentary. They said if this film was set a hundred years ago, they would be stoning to death the snowplow man, the kids. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, but you gotta, have that, you gotta have a stoning to death scene in a kid's film. Right. It's like, but if, but if we could, we would have. It's like, thank you. So this is something I've always wanted as a kid, a death trap. I mean, <laughs> even as a kid, my suspension of disbelief was not here when they have electronics in an underground snow thing that has mm. no support. It, they yeah. could just die. So is eating snow fun? Josh Peck eats a lot of snow in this movie. <laughs> I think we've acted. We know that isn't a one-take thing. He would have had to eat like lots of snow. Mm. And did, playing Rugrats. So did was it Rugrats? Oh, I mean, it looks like Tommy Pickles. So ah, oh, I thought it was Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> so in this movie, there's a lot of snow. 
Now, a lot no of the, shit, right? A lot of the snow day. A lot of the snow is real snow. Yeah. Well, real snow that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of trucks brought into the set. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. No, I believe you too. And they use snow machines, like use these towers that used sewage water and pig fat to. Mm. Okay, make I didn't hear about the pig fat. Snow, yeah, yeah. In the commentary, they go on about how it's like, yeah. So I got paid in pig fat. What about you? So <laughs> the other guy's like, I got paid in French fries. So they're pig fat, but some of it is just cotton as well. Mm, that's what I heard. Yeah, like and, on the roofs or something. Yeah, on the roofs, and you know what? I give this movie credit. It really does make you believe that this isn't a town where it snowed. Like, at no point have I ever watched it going, ah, that's fake. Which you can get with movies with fake snow, because fake rocks and fake snow look very fake. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even have the standards of looking realistic. In a bunch of the trivia that I read of this movie, it mentioned a lot of things like, uh, oh, it's set in New York, but it's clearly Canada. Us here down in Australia, I don't think we would have noticed that at all. I didn't think it was set in New York. I didn't really a- realize apparently, that. Well, apparently, it's set in New York. Well, that explains Josh Peck. <laughs> 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 really, though? All of them have different accents, but Josh Peck is like, Yeah, what you doing here? No, that's, that's your Paul uh, Giamatti, oh, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, what you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's something I like to think about? This movie is a movie in which kids attack innocent people who are just doing their jobs. Like, this guy is just doing his job as a snowplow man. Yes. He has done nothing his, wrong he, to these people. And his They've job, just made this mythology around him. And his job is beneficial to people because you can drive on the roads because of him. Yeah, on the already ploughed roads. The only thing, like, that probably would have made him even more helpful is if his uh, snowplow truck would have dropped salt on the road. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, you know, and then the principal. He's just a principal. Like, he's just doing his job. Not even doing his job. He's just having a day off. Yeah, why can't you leave him alone? Because uh, it's funny to hit the principal with snowballs. Yeah, so there's farts in this movie from Josh Peck as well. We haven't talked about that. What do you think of Josh Peck as fart as a fart joke? Um, never We've watched it. a lot of movies with farts. And, uh, yes. <laughs> you see they foreshadowed that Ryan yeah, so anyone did. watching this movie and saying that was ridiculous they foreshadowed it and not only did they foreshadow it they even had him say that he's gonna do it yeah I gotta take a pee also what colour was this is a weird question yeah, like, but what colour was his underwear uh, green or yellow maybe a yellowish green it's kind of hard to tell with, with one, the of the, one of the questions in is the, what color of, is his underwear yeah and I thought it was yellow but yellow wasn't an option in this so I said green and like yep green I'm like oh okay yeah they look greenish greenish he's, yellow he's wearing a lot of green so you're much much Makes like sense. much like once Patrick smash he's <sighs> I believe that was a fart moment too so <laughs> so in this, the snowplow man's truck is masterfully designed. He's got a doll's head as <laughs> uh, the, the gear shift. Mm-hmm. What I love is, if you look carefully behind him, there's photos of his bird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, photos of him, I think him and his bird. Ryan, do you Tenderly want, put on there. Do you want to see Clementine in the next Mad Max? I, I'm surprised it wasn't in the other Mad Max, to be honest. If you told me... Snow intact. Clemming, Darling Clementine was in Mad Max Fury Road. I would believe you. (laughs) 
and, and Chris Elliott was the Doof Doof Warrior. Yeah, I'd believe you. Like- so I really like this woman here. She's from TLC. Winona, I think her name was. Uh, she's something. Because the quiz said so, I guess. And I love, she just like puts her hand over her mouth, like, mm, <laughs> and then keeps it there. Like, look, it cuts. This is like 10 seconds and she's still there. Like, what a weird thing to do. Maybe her husband told her to shut her mouth. Oh, and she did. Yes. <laughs> so, Bartek, you never watched this movie. Did you have a favourite moment of the film? A favourite sequence? Like, uh, mine is Chevy Chase just casually realising that his son has a lot of problems going on. Oh, God. Do I have a favourite sequence in this movie? Or uh, favourite thing? There's a... L- I mean, you've had 16 years to think of your answer. And I've chosen the best answer. <laughs> You've chosen an answer, and I still—I've only seen this movie once, and it's—it's it's hard to pick. Um, I might have to get back to you on that. Wow, it's not Josh Peck being uh, getting chips dipped on him, or Josh Peck's first line. Well, that's my favorite or, line, obviously. Or, or, or could it not be the fact that Josh Peck spells help backwards? Well, he spells it normal for himself. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, we haven't really talked about Randall yet. Randall's uh, Randall is a child actor, <laughs> but he gives the kind of performance that's like perfect for this role. I haven't seen a performance as moving as his since the small Mexican child in our previous episode. I'll be home for Christmas, and if you listen to that episode, I fucking hated that kid. I was like, I fucking hate Randall, but. <laughs> I fucking hate Randall. I mean, he's not a favourite of mine. He's a weaker aspect of the movie. You know, if Macaulay Culkin could have been in this movie, he could have played Randall. I know he would have been like 20-something years old by this point, but come on. He would have been perfect. I don't know. I think Randall... I mean, look, in another movie, he would be probably awful, like I'll Be Home for Christmas. So this is a scene with serious nip blasting going on. Uh, and Nip outlines. It's She's wearing a singlet on a snow day. And here's where realism really takes its form. Yep, there we oh, are. Okay, this is the first time I've really seen the nips. The nips. you got to look for the nips. So, Ryan, uh, this is something that I... <laughs> You've got to look for the nips. Yeah, go. I don't know if... I mean, you probably did. But uh, when this movie, in terms of you said it has main characters, a lot of main characters, and it cuts between them, and it's like a bunch of different stories. Mm. When you when it cuts between them, do you feel like the the tone of the movie changes? No. Um. Not, not maybe so, my bias. Maybe, maybe not tone, but like sort of it shifts. Yeah. Genre ish, it changes. Like when well, it cuts yeah, when the... it cuts to these characters, it feels more like a teen movie, uh... and like it has this weird kind of stuff, like the whole crowd outside. I mean, I feel like that's something. That might happen in maybe not band slam, but screwballs. Like, <laughs> screw but maybe like it has that element of band slam, the kind of weird teen movie yeah. kind of attitudes of like, oh, yeah, this girl is so popular slam. that she has crowds outside her house, like Big B or whatever. Well, that's because she's. They know that she's got serious nips blasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's insane yeah, and that then, this movie. The director. I'm sorry, but the director looked. Through the camera and just went, okay, this nip's clearly plastic. Should we should we tell her to put on a bra? Maybe this is a kid's movie. And the cinematographer punched him. And the cinematographer was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the background's perfect in the specific shots where her nips are showing. So we're using them. And then when it, when it cuts to the kids, it, it feels like, you know, more of a kid movie. Like, you... 
you mentioned before we talked about... And Chevy Chase feels like a midlife crisis movie where all he wants to do is gain pants. Don't get don't get ahead of yourself, Ryan. <laughs> I was going to say that the when it cuts to the kids, it feels more in tone to Catch That Kid, which is a movie about... Kids a bunch of bank. A bunch of young young kids. With pre-teens, whatever. abilities. Who, um, who are faced with a very adult problem and through their own logic and abilities, solve it by doing something incredibly big. Yeah. Which is kind of what we see here. Do you like a Dalmatian Aniba on the wall? A Dalmatian what? Uh, Aniba. Aniba? Isn't that not the word? Isn't that like the little germ thing? Amoeba? Amoeba. I said Amoeba. Oh, fuck it. It doesn't really look like it. Okay. It is. They even confirmed it in the behind the scenes. Well, shit, because Ryan, if you're going to listen to other commentaries and bring it to ours, then it's, it's like... It's confirmed, because you know why? She loves zebras. She loves everything that's black and white. Well, the, the pattern, yes, but... But she wears black and white. Like, her outfit is black and white from now on in the movie. The amoeba thing confuses me, but you're, what you're saying here is brilliant foreshadowing that I had not thought of. And he's wearing black and white. Holy shit, he's her. <laughs> I was gonna say Hal is in love with his dad. <laughs> I was going to say that she loves his dad. <laughs> she does, like, listen, to him. She does listen to him every morning. But you're saying that she is his dad. He's so Ryan, he's the romantic a... part of the movie is happening. I've watched 16 years of this and I've never thought of that. What, that he, they're he's, the same person? He's, he's, you never see them on screen together. Is this, <laughs> Holy shit. Is this Fight Club? <laughs> oh my god. So, oh Jesus Christ. So, if I was a young girl, which I can easily imagine, Thought you were gonna sing a song or something. If I was a young girl, <laughs> Chuck. If I was a young girl and I saw this creepazoid on the excuse news. me, creepazoid. <laughs> yeah, on the news, stealing a microphone, saying all this stuff to me, I would be tempted to see him. But at the same time, I'd also call the police. Well, to be fair, it was his dad's microphone. But she mm, does she know that? It seems like it only came up because she, she, he's invisible to her, so he does. She doesn't know that, so she'd be like, "Who is this guy?" I love this joke here, where it's just like, <laughs> "Get your blood running, huh?" Erections. <laughs> Chevy Chase knows for a fact that that like they wrote jokes for Chevy Chase that are adult, like that one. There's one later. Oh, sorry, a joke for the parents. One later, where it's like, "Nice beaver." Uh, you know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is the guy that we have not even touched upon. His nemesis. Uh, he seems like a nice guy. That's like the best part of it. But he's actually like, he's shallow. Chad. Chad Simmons with a Z. Um, what do you think of him? Do you think he's here for you? Um, He reminds me of the next door neighbor in Dickie Roberts. Yeah? Yeah, it just seems like... Uh, the the main person's dad's richer, snobbier neighbor who's full of himself. Ah, oh, well, it's a fair point. In this in this film, it's not a neighbor, but like a competitor. I love Chuck in this movie because I've imagined Chuck would be Chuck the bully. Chuck the bully. Yes, I love to Chuck in this movie. <laughs> no, uh, I love Chuck in this movie because 
He's uh, another bully character to add to the list of bully characters that are in kids' movies from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But he really reminds me of... You know, you know Back to the Future? Yeah, you're going to say Biff Tannen? Future Biff. Like the grandson? Oh, Griff. Griff. Griff Tannen. He reminds me of Griff Tannen. Yeah. Am I right? Like, yeah, we, we, not only in the way that he acts, but he kind of looks like... Like, he has a similar look in the face. Like, that kind of with elements, eyes. With elements of um, Johnny from Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that in all the plethora of movies we've done, he would be friends with Eddie from Are We Home for Christmas? Eddie would be, like, one of his fellow He'd snow... Be the, Eddie would be the cooler kid, though. Eddie would be one of his fellow snow plow... Not plow, but snow... Just be your stick, my cube! That was my Josh Peck again. Uh, Holy shit, I did this in freaking Snow Dogs too, and I can't remember the... Whatever they ride. Plows. No, <laughs> no. Toboggans. No, what, what the bully Sleds. and his friends ride. No. Oh, snowmobiles. Snowmobiles, that's it. Or as they're otherwise known as um, skidoos. No, right. You think of kazoos. That's a musical instrument that goes... Fine. You were saying the snowmobiles that ride at like 10Ks now? Yeah, that that would be you know Eddie would be one of the guys that rides one of those with him. Yeah, he'd be like, uh, so this scene is the sickest scene in the movie. Like it's one of those twisted. He sees a boy lying out in the middle of the road, and he just checks it out. He doesn't even run over to check if he's okay, and he's just like, huh, sauce. I've got chips, luckily. Uh, and he just does. He's not the only one with chips. He pokes him and he farts, and he's just like, "Fine, okay, what am I gonna do with this situation?" Like anyone could come see this. Parents with no context, and he just is like, "I'm gonna take my sweet time and dip some chips onto this kid." It's great. It's it's the kind of thing a genius would make, and this is a genius piece of work. The best film ever made. I mean, this film came out in 2000. I feel like this one. In comparison to the many others that we've done, I feel this one really kind of set the tone for the Munez era. Even though Frankie Munez isn't in this, it has a similar vibe of those movies that were in between 2000 and 2005 for kids' movies, where it's set in a realistic world, but it's just got the right amount of cartooniness throughout. It's got the Nickelodeon touch to it, much like... uh... Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar, but that's no Nickelodeon movie, man. Yeah, but Dan Schneider's attached to it. It, it felt exactly like a <laughs> mid-2000s Nickelodeon product. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy this film. I feel like it really does set a standard of how these movies became to be. I mean, Josh Peck is unknown in this movie, right? He really became known because of Drake and Josh, yeah? More so than in the Amanda show, where he was one of many, like, recurring Great kid actors. actors. I mean, and he wasn't even among the more prominent ones, I don't think. And, you know, he he is great. And, you know, this movie really is lucky in the fact of everyone's gone on to do stuff, really. I looked up the cast. Mm. The main character, who's played by... Um, Hal. Hal. Well, he was in uh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim, I guess. He was a minor role, but that's still something. And he was in The Green Room, which only came out this year. Uh, you know, the, the, the girl... The, the daughter, Natalie, she was in The Shaggy Dog, which we've already covered on this show. She was the daughter of Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Josh Peck's got on. Chris Elliott has got on. He was already a star. I mean, he was in Groundhog Day, so, you know. Iggy Pop, 
he's still around. Uh, yeah, everyone's gone on to do stuff really in their own fields, such as um, the other girl Lane. She hasn't done much acting, but she's a musician at heart, and she's she's gone on to do stuff. Isn't, isn't her song in one yeah, of the Yeah, at the end of the credits, and I feel like. In comparison to other movies we've done on this show, in which you do look up the child actors and they haven't gone on to do much, and you do feel a bit like, oh, that's disappointing. Poor Bruce Cook. These guys have gone on to do stuff. Like, maybe not groundbreaking, award-winning, everybody-knows stuff, but they are still out there. They are still trying, and I and I really do commend that. You know, there's child actors, obviously, they're going to do big, like Shia LaBeouf, Macaulay Culkin, oh, you know, we know them. But these guys aren't known names, and they're just still around. And I think it's really great that this movie, you know, has a stable of actors that you th- you'd think haven't gone on to do anything. But they have, like Claire Bear. She's in Entourage. Ryan, without the sound, it looked like that kid fell asleep listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Claire Bear's gone on. She's in lots of stuff. She's in Entourage as the girl. Yeah, it's interesting. She plays a, a very sympathetic, uh, relatable, not bitchy at all female character in this. And she's and, contrasted by her friends in the diner. Yeah, and then, then she's the opposite in Entourage. So, <laughs> uh, that was a... Th- I don't know, but like, what was the strength of this movie for you? Like, what was the real big strength of the movie? Um, a strength of the movie... I suppose it would be the whole aspect of the young characters in this movie being the centre of the movie's morality system. Because if this movie were made with the tone of, I don't know, a, a universe where adults are the main characters, you would see all these problem children uh, you know, attacking a man working as a, you know, the snowplow man... Uh, causing mischief here at the snow rink and we I don't know if we've mentioned this yet but the main character Hal who because he's the narrator of this movie we're meant to feel sympathetic towards him but he has a lot of stalker tendencies in this movie yeah I said creepy a lot yeah creepy but um but because the movie is centered around these characters and we see it from their perspective we we are asked to put aside our adult you know snobbyish ways Mr. Ebert and see it from their point of view like you, you want the kids to get revenge against Snowplow man you you don't really hate Hal that much you kind of want to see him have a happy ending you, you you're with the main characters and you want to see uh, even though he's not that young Chevy Chase get revenge on the snob well snobby uh, kind of dickish rival so, of his yeah rival so, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. This movie has a lot of strengths. Like, I didn't think of that aspect. I was thinking, you know, one of the things I do like, I think he has a lot of strengths. One of the things I really do like, and I said this last night when I watched it again for this show, I really appreciate Claire. Claire mm. as a character because you in a movie like this and in most uh, movies with girls like this, the unobtainable girl or the girl of his desires... They're usually... The girl, in the end, is usually portrayed to be shallow, hollow, bitchy, unlikable. So that way, when he goes for the girl that he truly does want, you can go, oh, well, he... Yeah, 
take that the other girl like you know uses their mean girls like she's a popular school girl in most hollywood things you would expect her to be a bitch at the end or or to reveal that she never liked this guy or blah blah but this movie doesn't go that way i really do appreciate that and they and the filmmakers yeah again the commentary but they mentioned that they actually did specifically try to do that because people are people like we got to get rid of these hollywood conventions because not everyone in high school or in your life, are as black and white. And I really do appreciate the characterization on what could have been a really easy way out of a character like that, because in the end, I don't hate Claire. In the end... She's not hateable, really, at all. She's likeable. Yeah. Like, I actually like her, and I actually understand why he's going after her. Like, not just because she's pretty, but she's actually genuinely nice. Mm -hmm. Even though he does not know that, per se... She's he knows a lot about her. He yeah, but he that. doesn't know her personally. Like, you know, you could know a lot about someone. Like, I know a lot about actors, but that doesn't mean necessarily I know that they're nice people. Yeah, the, the, he literally has... There's literally a line somewhere that's like, he knows her without knowing her. Exactly. So, he... You know, I really appreciate that they took that way. I actually do. I, I, I sat there going, this is something... That, yes, this is considered a lesser movie, but if a lesser movie can have a strength like that, that better movies fall apart at, then, really, we should be looking at these bigger movies, these more appreciated ones, and demanding higher quality. Because if the ones of lower quality can give us higher quality in these areas, then what does that say? I really do appreciate that. There, are, Yeah, and we've done movies on this show that have taken an influence from what you've just been talking about with Claire in this movie and done different things. Like, for example, in The Tuxedo, we've got um, uh, Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt don't get together, but there is that subplot of uh, Jackie Chan wanting to woo that one girl who hangs around at the art yeah, gallery. Yeah, but she's just not interested in her. But in the end, it's his failings to talk to her that uh, stop him. that stop him. But he, he, he doesn't give up at the end. He wants to keep going. So that's a different way of taking it. And then we also have Band Slam. Where, yeah. Where he's got, like, two girls at his side, but he's interested in, like, one. But then... And that one really plays with the whole that attitude there of which girl I, I reckon. Think this movie, you know, we can have fun at, you know, this is a movie about with cartoony elements like Snowplow Man with his mannerisms and all that, but this movie really does explore a, a lot of issues. Like you were saying about the tone stuff, what I like about that is it's exploring three different stories. The stories that can appeal to the families, which is the kids' stories, the young teens, and the adults. Mm -hmm. I think it really, and you know, yeah, you do feel these changes, but I think, you know, we have to appreciate that they're evenly spread. At no point do I feel like, oh, this is just about the love story, because sometimes maybe you're not into a mood for a love story. Maybe you want to see a bunch of kids fight against an evil foe who's actually not evil, he's just doing his job. I mean, he is evil. But he's just doing his job. And maybe you just want to see Chevy Chase get pants. I mean, <laughs> that's the strength of this movie. You know, there's certain things, obviously, that don't work. But, you know, they work in the grand scheme of things. You know, like, you know, you might say, Ryan, certain characters, 
seem like they're going to be in the movie, then they're not. Like Hal's friend that we yeah, just saw. The, chi- think, the chip fort guy. You think he's in the movie, don't you? And then he's not. There's, yeah, that, they set up a parallel with him and the younger kids in that, uh, you know, it's a girl and two guys in both cases. And in that one, it's mostly just one of the guys and the girl. See, this is the thing. This movie, written by Pete and Pete, the creators, and I think it was supposed to be like a Pete and Pete movie. Mm. And you can kind of, and I think, I don't know, maybe it waited too long, they all grew up. That's literally the, the reason that I read. Uh, you know, and you can, I think that's a weakness of the movie because... Because the, the thing was, this movie was written for that thing and then the script was shelved for a few years. Yeah. And the thing is, kids in years, they grow up. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, but the thing, you know, I think is a weakness of this movie is if you... The best way to... Because it's got so many characters, it feels like this is a pre-established universe, which is cool. We've had movies that do that, and we appreciate that. But this does feel like, if you said to me, Ryan, these characters are from a TV show, and this is their movie, I would be understanding. But there is no TV show to these guys. These are just movie characters that exist only in these 90 minutes mm-hmm. we have no understanding of their backstories and this movie does take that kind of stance where it makes you feel like well here you are mm-hmm. which is a weakness and a strength like i do like the spontaneity of it like just you're chucked in have fun on this one day activity yeah and right here we're being thrown a backstory just to give us a little taste into this character that will only exist for as you said 90 minutes and would you want to see movies with these guys in it again? Like, if they made more movies, would you have watched them? Were you interested in this, these people enough? Because I know I was. I really liked Snowplow Man, Natalie, you know, Hal even. Like, he's self-centered and he's all that. But he portrays, he's a perfect encapsulation of how, I don't know if you ever got this, Bartek, but when you're young and maybe you have a crush, or when you're young, you think the little things are, like, the biggest thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that anklet, that's going to be the thing that changes it. You know, or, or that test. <laughs> yeah, or... It was certainly built up the whole time, the anklet. Yeah, it didn't go nowhere. In the end, it was like, oh, that's like my anklet. To... Why do you I, have I, I... She was like, why does he have it? Yeah. Which is a great question. <laughs> because of all the times he could have given it to her, yeah. Yeah. I love her outfit she looks like so she's wearing a neck brace which Iggy Pop yeah wore earlier that's something I love about this movie Iggy Pop's in it he's got a neck brace for no reason I think it just establishes the character without saying anything like he owns an ice rink he has a neck brace it just it, it I knew, says I so knew, much I knew that would be one thing that you'd like it says so much like for a movie for kids this movie's really great at show don't tell I think that's a strength of this movie. I don't feel like this is a talky, 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 talky movie. I think it is a show-don't-tell example because they don't need to explain why his neck brace. It's just, you get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, certain elements. He owns an ice rink. He has a neck brace. You don't need an explanation. You just know deep down he must have hurt his neck ice skating, right? Or cleaning, or he slipped over on the ice. He hurt himself. Maybe he was headbanging too much. This is like a scene from Fargo, I swear. <laughs> we, we didn't talk about the whole... The bird! The Wayne! The bird! Oh, yes. The Wayne. Go on, Bartek. You love, you love the Wayne. Well, you see, in this movie, there was a scene where they had to exchange 
uh, the bird, uh, Trudy, for the Wayne, uh, Wayne, mm. and in it they could not decide who could who should give uh, what back first, so they had a back-to-back argument of yelling the bird, which mm. is from uh, the Snowplan Man's perspective, and the Wayne, which is from the girl and the black kid. What I really like about that is when adults use child logic to win yeah. <laughs> and lose. <laughs> Here's something I love about this scene. She's like, I love zebras. Uh, I like zebras. Throughout the whole movie, she's been mis- she's been pigeonholed with animals that she likes. Like, Here's something that I don't get. Earlier in the movie, Chuck's like, you love chimps. <laughs> like, yes, where, did he, where did he get that from? Yeah, that's... Well, you know what I mean? I don't know where you got that from. He's like, you love chimps. I guess that's... And then, and then he's like, you love whales. And she's like, I like zebras. Maybe that's like asking us to like think, what kind of backstory could that be? Like maybe they saw a movie like, I don't know, Bedtime for Bonzo and... I really like Chuck in this scene. Like he's got this real air of psychosis and coolness. Like flipping between, oh, hi, and just like throws the shovel. What was he going to do with that? Was he going to hit him with it? I, I, what, I, what else could he have done? Was he going to just dig a hole and throw him in there? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's going to fill him in. What? what? Like, he, since he's already dug holes, he could just smack him down and dig the s- snow back <laughs> onto him. Like, bury him, foreshadowing what happens to Chuck at the end, which is he's encapsulated in snow. Ooh. So, I love this whole thing of... You think that, okay, maybe they are right. Maybe they're always destined to get back together. Like, Chuck actually does love her, does know something about her. And this is kind of sweet. Like, all he was doing was looking at her, and then, bam, shampoo. Yeah. And you realise, no, he's just an arsehole. And then a chase sequence happens on their skidoos. And, um... They mentioned before certain characters that these two characters always get back together again which yeah, they don't get back together again at the end of the movie that's the best part yeah but but it just makes you think about their backstories like is chuck like kind of like a manipulative guy i think not i think it's i think it's just it's what high school what happens in high school True, but he's a very dumb character, and then sometimes in this movie he just suddenly turns into like this. Um, Hi there. <laughs> that, that, that made me laugh when the freaking dad looking guy. Like, They're stuntmen. What? They're stuntmen. They're not actors. Well, obviously. They need, no, but no, no, no. Like, they just got like their stuntmen to be in the scene and just didn't care if it made no sense. Was that in the commentary? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're wondering why, why there's 40-year-old dudes? It's because they're stuntmen. We, we, we could get anyone else to do this. I like that a lot. Well. <laughs> so, see, Chuck, I don't know. He can be a bit like that, but that's what high school guys are like. Yeah, yeah, but he, like I was saying, he was a, he's a dumb guy, but then suddenly he turns into like this speech mode and... Apparently, they always get back together again. So well, I think it like... just adds to the multifaceted nature of the character. See, that's why I have problems with Big Fat Liar, is the character of the bully in that movie goes from being a really smart, intellectual, intimidating bully to just... And, like, throughout the whole movie... that he did a dookie. Yeah, well, in this movie, and, you know, Eddie from I'll Be Home for Christmas, they're multi-layered, like, they're not just evil they're not just jerks they have qualities about them that makes you understand how they do have a girlfriend how they can maintain popularity 
Oh, yeah. you know, Eddie, got... Eddie was easily more of a rival than a bully. Yeah, in this movie, he is a bully, this Chuck. But you can understand why he has a charisma, why he has charm. He's rich, he's popular. And he has to have those things for a reason, like richness, sure, not uh, just be his dad's. But the charmingness, the popularity, all that has to come from somewhere. And just being an idiot doesn't cut it. He does have moments of tenderness to him, and I think it's great. Uh, yeah, just the statue of him, just like, what I love is this kid is one of my favorite aspects of the movie, because he's just like, he's so in love with the, with the snowman, like with the uh, weatherman, and then he turns against him straight he's away. He's like the first one. Like, he doesn't even go like, no, you know you can't, like, you know, in a lesser movie, such as Schindler's List. Yeah. It would have been like a moment of realization, or... Him being like, no, no, Chad, show him, show him, Chad, or something like that. Like him rooting for Chad and then realizing that Chad's full of shit. But in this movie, he's like, yeah, and like throws a snowball at him. Like he's already prepared. Oh, honey. I love how that snowmobile appears out of nowhere. The one that it breaks. Yeah, I was, I was like, was that inside it? No. Yeah, obviously, I said that too. Obviously it wasn't. Yeah, well, I love this. Nice beaver. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, back to you. Yeah. Well, that's the nice. nice. No, no, yeah, the beaver's nice. <laughs> nice beaver was from Naked Gun, right? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, whoa, whoa. It's whoa, Pam Greer. Yeah. Pam Greer is in this movie. She's already done Jackie Brown by this point. So, yeah, like, what's happening in Ro- Pam Rog- Greer's career? Literally, literally, you're saying Roger Ebert stuff right there. He was like, <laughs> Pam Greer's wasting this movie. I guess when you do Jackie Brown, you got to balance it out with bad movies or whatever. I think he said something like that. What is Roger Ebert's problem? I get it. He's dead. Maybe he died from a cold, bitter heart. You can't not like this movie. This movie... Well, he gave it one and a half stars out of four. Roger Ebert, King Suck a Dick. He might have... At this point, he was able a big enough mouth by the end, so, you know... That was tasteful. I <laughs> well, dicks are tasty. Are they, Bartek? Do tell. Well, I mean, uh, you know, you told Big Dick sixty nine to suck a dick. So you know, your brother, you're, yeah. You're, you're uh, dick. <laughs> so now we've got the mother's storyline. She's the other story of the movie, mm-hmm. where it's businesswoman turns to mum. Now, Bartek, your mum works. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, uh, you know. Do you, did you ever get this feeling? Like, was she ever too busy working for no. a snowball fight? No, no, no. She works hard. She plays hard. <laughs> yeah, she plays hard. All right. So, uh, you never had a mum like you, your mum never. Was... I never had a mum. Like <laughs> you never had a no. mum like this. No, I have not, Ryan. You were born just from an egg on a mountain top. That's a monkey. I haven't had an American mum, Ryan. That's what you're asking me. I'm not asking if you had Jean Smart as your mum, but did you have Jean Smart as your mum? No, no. No, no? No, no. Well, oh, hi, Bartek's mum. I don't know why she's here. That's exactly how you, your mum kind of sounds like that. Dude, that was my Paper Mario impression. <laughs> well, your mum starts to sound like Paper Mario. Shit, dude. So, this is the point in which the film changes. You know, the girl is beaten. The mum has won. The guy is getting the girl, but he's been chased off. His story's still continuing. No, but I'm saying, like, at this point, it's 
it's very, very much in different to where it began. You know, like it's you didn't think he would actually be able to obtain the girl. He's slightly, he's actually obtained the girl on a level. She's lost her battle against say, the snow plow. I would say the, the next time we see them, that's where it changes for them. No, but this is the changing point. Yeah, we haven't seen him again. But I'm saying, like from this point on, the mum changes. The daughter changes. Okay, yeah, yeah. The dad changes, and so does he. This is what you call the cinematic turning point. This is when it mm. changes acts. Yes, but I do like how they just finished the mum's story at this point. Where yeah, we don't see her again. <laughs> Until the end, I guess. Yeah. So, what did you think of this sequence where toys started talking? Did you think small soldiers? Uh, I, in, this, in this viewing right now, I did. <laughs> Thanks. So, did you expect the toys to talk? I mean, they did set a precedent of her having an imagination earlier in the film where, you know, it was snowing in her room and she... And she was doing the voices of the characters early on. That too. So... When, might I add, she already, she already said like this! And then she's doing the voice of, like, it's Doctor! You know, remember? It's just like the kids' voices in this movie could make your ears bleed. Yes. In a good way. Although, do you think that they should have used those exact voices in that scene right there? Yeah. Yeah. It's the director's voice. Was it? Yeah. Isn't that oh. cool? He was also... I really loved early on in this movie. This movie has a lot of humour into it that really sticks with you. Like, I liked earlier... And, you know, it's realistic humour of the radio presenter just going... Yeah, this is cancelled, this is cancelled, and so is the poker game at my house tonight. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, okay. Uh, I guess that's him telling his friends because mobile phones weren't prep. Okay, this is a movie where mobile phones would have solved a lot of problems. Well, to be fair, with the mum, the fact that she couldn't get her mobile phone <laughs> was a problem at, right for a few seconds right at the end. Yeah, and then... But then snowballs her black her, her black phone in the white snow, she couldn't find. I thought you were going to say that her something about her son, so when you said her black, I'm like, what? Her black, her <laughs> black son? Because <laughs> she's painted himself black by this point. But he only paints himself blue, Ryan. Yeah. I know that. I did the quiz. So tell us about this quiz that you did. Were there any interesting things in the snow day quiz? Well, I did three quizzes. Um, ah. To be honest, not really, but there was a point where I thought, oh, this is this is a hilarious wrong answer. Then I realized it was the correct answer. Wow. It was, um, what did, what's the black kid's name? Chet? Chet. Chet. What did Chet and Wayne call their snow uh, fort? You know, that igloo that you really liked. Um, and I thought the like there were four answers, and one of them was, a big fabulous snow house and I was like oh that I think that's what it was called and one of the other answers was house of pain and you know it rhymes like Chet and Wayne's house of pain I'm like oh that's hilarious Josh Peck's character oh no house of pain. and then in the movie that's actually what it was called but that's the thing Chuck also has the house of pain Chuck throughout the whole movie is like prepare for the Chuck Wheeler house of pain whenever he's like about to beat the shit out of the guy? Yeah. So, oh, wow, I didn't realise, because the kids at the end, when they're sitting on Chuck, they're like, yeah, get the, the Chet House of... The other Chet and Wayne's House of Pain, because it yeah, rhymes. Yeah, Chet and Wayne's House of Pain. It's, oh, wow, this movie's really smart. Ooh, it's a good thing I brought up the quiz then, even though I didn't... Look at that guy's hat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Look at him, just there. Look at how happy he is. He's just like, I love this guy. 
Look at him. Yo, look, you got an autograph, buddy. Uh, Chevy Chase. I don't know what outfit this is supposed to be. It's very warm, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Chevy Chase complained about uh, how cold it was. And you could... When I just read in the trivia, Chevy Chase complained. I'm like, oh, I don't need to read anymore. Because that sounds like Chevy. So, Bartek, could you please... I want to hear from you. Could you tell us the interesting... The most interesting piece of trivia... That was there on IMDb. You read it, yes? I read all of it, but I'm trying to... What would be the most... It was the first piece of trivia as well. The most interesting behind-the-scenes event that this film... I remember the first one was interesting. Now I'm just trying to remember... Well, I'll refresh. Give me some keywords. Uh, Bank. Oh, yes. (laughs) I remember now exactly what it was. No, no, guys. I know you're going to hear this actual true story and say to yourself... I'd rather that be the movie than Snow Day. <laughs> Go back. So hold on, which scene, did they mention which scene specifically it was that they were filming? They no, I think okay. it was just they were filming. Okay, so they were filming a scene, presumably an outdoors scene, yeah. when at one point a car drove through or by the scene and it turned out that the car was being driven by some people who had just robbed a bank. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they were getting away from the police. <laughs> they were getting away from the police. And I think the film set somehow stopped them because there were so many people. No. Did they mention that? So what happened was these two people robbed a bank. They're driving away from the police. These two goons are driving away from the police. This was filmed in spring. This is all fake snow. Like, this is not snow that's locally there. So they're driving in a sunny, non-snow town. They turn right and get stuck in snow because it's three foot tall snow. (laughs) They're stuck in snow trying to dig their way out. They're being laughed at by all these film people. They're falling and slipping and they get arrested. (laughs) Now... Could you imagine the bank robbery? Like, that, that sounds like the plot of Baby's Day Out 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. It's a real life thing. So can you imagine these two people planned out the heist? They're like, okay, we're going to rob the bank. Okay, nothing's going to go wrong. We've got a getaway driver. i got a gun. The police are not going to be a big deal. I know this town like the back of my hand. And this particular street, completely empty. This street's empty. I know it's back, like the back of my hand. And then they're on the day. It's sunny. Clear sky, nothing's going to stop them. And then, bam, there's a set full of snow, and they're stuck, and they get arrested for 10 years. Look, nips. I mean, it's insane. Uh, but I would like it if, with that bank story, if that was the movie, and they got about as much context as they probably would have gotten, we'd be watching and be like, you know, uh, I love, you know what I love about this movie? Yeah, that, this, this is a movie where... They're driving away from a bank, everything's going well, and they turn and there's suddenly this one street with snow in it for just no reason. What do you think that could have been about? Yeah, just in that shot that just happened then, this girl has hairy shoulders. Hairy shoulders. You'll see it in another shot when it flips back to the other side where you see his face. The light's reflecting behind. He gets to kiss two girls in this movie, might I add. I know, I've done the quiz. Uh, you know, she has hairy shoulders. You see it slightly, but in the other shot, it was like 
full mane of hair. But it's great. Um, no, I watched that movie where you, it's a heist movie and then it ends with that happening. <laughs> and there's like, and then they got in prison for 10 years. <laughs> All thanks to Josh Peck. <laughs> and then you get Josh Peck now. He's talking about it 16 years later. They're out of prison. And he's like, Oh, jeez. <laughs> They've been chasing me ever since. Because <laughs> that's what he sounds like Cause, now. Because Josh Peck was the only one they recognised. <laughs> yeah, he's like the only actor that they know. <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, I'm on you. Oh, no, there they are. And they're in the distance in their car. And he's like, I've got to run. And he runs into a, a, a land filled with snow. And they can't drive onto it because they don't want to get stuck again. <laughs> <laughs> like every time. He's... And they just sit there smoking going, oh, Damn, he got us this time. And every couple of weeks, whenever a new inmate would come in, they'd like go up to him and go, like, so any new Josh Peck movies out? And like, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, here comes the new, oh, uh, Josh Peck movie came out. Here's a bunch of prisoners. (laughs) (laughs) One day will be Josh Peck, (laughs) like in prison. It's like, what happened? I was in my own movie. (laughs) What were you trying to do? I ran over Oprah and I got stuck on the set, and now I'm in prison. (laughs) <laughs> I love my Josh Beck is just intolerable. So this is the climactic scene. Now Bartek, pay attention to this. Everyone, everyone the ground. Pay attention. The sound of the wind. The children are screaming. He's got a bird. He's got snowflakes on the truck door. He thinks he's winning. He's plowed everything. Caution children are playing. Everything is set for a climax, a scene to be remembered for the ages, scenes that have inspired scenes upon scenes. I know you're saying, Ryan, I don't know how this scene inspired the whole film of Tron, but it did. I know you're saying to yourself, Ryan, Black Hawk Down? That wasn't inspired by Snow Day, specifically the scene where Chris Elliott is foiled. <laughs> Clearly, you haven't watched Black Hawk Down. The climax of Toy Story? The climax of Toy Story, one and three. Not two, but one and three. This. If you said to me, Ryan, I don't think Snow Day is the best movie, I'd punch you in the mouth. Because it clearly is. Because Chris Elliott is selling it with his black ears. uh, And the sound of the wind. But pay close attention as this is what happens. Snowplow Man is taken down. We've already foreshadowed. He laughs menacingly. And he's strapped to a pole. He's He's just a council worker. And then the kids drive a, a, a truck. Well, don't get ahead of yourself, Ryan. <laughs> I'm getting very far ahead. And then, and then the, the credits movies, cr- the credits happen, a song plays. 16 years later, I say that we do a podcast of this. <laughs> the directors and hopefully, I... the director and the writers hopefully listen to this and they go, finally, someone gets art- artistic merit. This is the stuff that dreams are made out of. Also, the part where he said, who are you talking to was very funny. Yeah, who are you talking to? Me, I'm Josh Peck. <laughs> no, who are you talking to was my first line in this episode. No. Oh, fair enough. They're going to listen and go, who's that Bartek guy? I only know Steve Bartek, the music supervisor on the film. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. So when I did the movie, I watched it, there was a guy called Steve Bartek. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've never met, I've never known anyone else with Bartek in their name, even as a last name. Bartek, you didn't notice that, did you? Um, not f- I've I'd heard of him before, but like only once forever ago. So when I looked at the back of the box, I'm like, oh, Steve Bartek. Uh, 
just go off for a second. Fun fact, those kids actually did jump on Chris Elliott. And since many of them were young, they were just given the direction, attack the snowplow man, not knowing that he was an actor. Like, they don't know that Snowplow Man isn't evil. And there was a bunch of kids punching Chris Elliott in the ribs, going, I hate you, Snowplow Man! Just for fact. So, Steve Bartek. Steve Bartek. Yeah? You know, Bartek, what yeah. kind of last name is that? Would that be Polish, technically, or would it not? Because it's... Bartek's a first name thing, yeah? Yeah, a diminutive of first names. But you know how sometimes... Common first names can be last names. Yeah, like Thomas and all that. Could it be that situation? I suppose so. Because in previous episodes, Bartek, you've you've talked about how Bartek isn't actually your proper name. It's like... Bartłomiej. Bartłomiej. But since we, the English language, don't have certain letters to spell that, right? Is that right? I mean, there is one Polish letter in Bartłomiej, but like the whole thing is that um, in Poland, a lot of diminutives of male first names are shortened and then add EK at the end. Like, Bartłomiej or Bartosz would be Bartek. The name Maciek or Macie would be, uh, what about Maciek? Yeah, so, so, but that wouldn't apply to last names. Yeah, his last name, you you wouldn't put a diminutive for a last name unless it was like a nickname, I guess. Like, if I called you Riles... Yeah, and in films, films they do let you know it's nicknames with, like, quotation marks and stuff. So, I just wondered, because I was like, oh, maybe this guy, his name is your first name, and it's just shortened because, you know, like yours is for that reasoning. But I just want to make sure, because there's people who are going to be watching this going, there's a Steve Bartek involved, is he Bartek's cousin? (laughs) <laughs> no. no it's not like japan where so, like last names are said first you're listening world. to spin polish presents with ron Slewinski and bartek steve i mean you know in that universe i love how chuck followed him like he knew where to go like how did he know how did he know he'd be at the ice rink the script said so because clearly time has passed and he's looked everywhere he's got frost on his face He's been walking all through town. Maybe he passed out when he hit that goal post. Maybe he passed out when he kicked the snowmobile really hard. He, like, broke all the muscles in his foot. Hmm. Not the bones, just the muscles. And this is where... I don't know if you did this, but I actually went... Ooh, when the stuntman goes... Or Chuck goes underneath the plow like ooh there's a thing where you just go ooh that could have that that could have been gnarly the moment of impact I was like oh my god he's dead but then when I saw like they were pushing him along and I was like oh okay but like ooh that could have ended nastily what I love is how is his name how yeah he's a kid it's like in the episode we've done on Zathura where the main character's name was Walter it's one of these names where you just don't hear a kid called how no, not really, because, like, in the Metal Gear Solid games, Otacon's first name is Hal, and he's kind of a goofy kind of guy, so I could see a kid being I think of Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Is that an adult? Yeah, he's the dad. Okay. You know, but he's got, like, childlike nature. Yeah. See, Walter I could kind of agree with you on, Hal, not so much. Well, how many Hals have you known? I don't know any Hals. Exactly. No I... adults either, Ryan, though, so yeah. what's your point? Is Hal short for Harold? I don't think so. What is it short for? Is it short for anything? I don't think so. It's just how. I think so. For some reason I thought it was an abbreviation. 
you mean a diminutive rhyme? And sure. The abbreviation would be like H-A-L stands for healthy apple lover. I don't know. Whatever, man. Shortened. Diminutive. Yeah, we diminutive you. So, when they say unplow the roads... That's a good question. I thought... Uh, to be honest, I've watched this movie for 16 years. Till now, I thought that they thought Unplowed was just going backwards <laughs> through the town. Because <laughs> each time you see them unplowing, it's just them reversing. So I thought they thought if they reverse, the <laughs> snow goes back on. Because <laughs> it's that kind of movie. That would be fantastic if they did that. But I think they're going to drive onto the pavements where people's cars are. And put it onto the road. Yeah, like, my immediate thought was, oh, okay, they're gonna drop a bunch of, like, snow behind them as they drive. And I'm like, wait a second, that plow truck isn't collecting snow, is it? No, it's it's just just pushing pushing it, because that's plows. Are they gonna go to every single, like, sidewalk? Yeah, and here's here's the thing. This guy's been doing his job since the crack of dawn. And now it's nighttime. They're thinking that they're gonna get the whole town done. And he's a professional. Taking away what would be the 40 minutes of time they took out of his day, they're not going to get it done. Oh, but Ryan, there's three of them and there's only one of him. Oh, well, that, that <laughs> solves the truck driving problem. And In fact, was the bird still in the... No. Yes. No, no, no. Because he's like, Trudy, Trudy. And you hear the bird crowing in the distance. From the car? No, because they already driven off by that point. So, so Trudy's the, been so the, released. The plow... Oh, okay. So- and he's near the... Trudy's, sorry. She's near um, Chris Elliott. Right. Uh, you know, Chris Elliott... What do you know him from? Do you know Snowplow Man from anything in particular? I know Chris Elliott very well from a variety of things. But I was wondering if you knew him from anything. Does he ring a bell to you? The name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if I... What, what else has he been in? He, I mean, to me, he looks like Tom Green, so I don't know. Uh, well, he was in Groundhog Day. He was in the scary movies. I've uh, seen the first one. He was in the second one as Shit. a creepy butler. He's in Everybody Loves Raymond. No. He was in How I Met Your Mother. No. Yeah, so he's in quite a bit of stuff. Uh, I like him. He's got a, <laughs> this. He's got an ugly look about him, and he plays the right characters for what he looks like. You know, I just love it. I, I love who's this kid on the left. Who is he? We never saw him in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? Is it the continuity errors? It's just like it's, that kid's never in the movie. It's maybe, like, yeah, that's a good point. Who is he? Maybe it would be a case of like the, you, uh, Mondays. Seen, yeah. Have you seen the South Park episode with Michael Jackson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like but, how there's a bit where they get this one kid to like be bait for Michael Jackson, and then when that kid dies, they reveal that it was Kenny. <laughs> so it was like when he unmasked himself, it's like, oh, that's who it is. Oh, great, Chris Cock. No, it's Kosh. Uh, oh, like David Koshy. Uh So the movie has now ended. It ended on a high note, which is the kids have broken into the principal's house illegally at night, might I add, and snowball him to death. Uh, yes. the, the kid, they, no, well, technically, the kids break in. Steve bring, they bring a film crew and then the film crew. And then they laugh and laugh and laugh. So we're going to get on to our review and rating of our choice of this movie. Uh, I'll go first, because I have a lot to say, and I feel like, you know, what can one say about Snow Day? 
I know, tell me. Snow Day is close to my heart, and I commend the movie on its strength and even its weaknesses, because on both the strengths and weaknesses of the movie, you can really tell that it's trying. That's something that you can commend movies. We're in a landscape now where every movie is a remake, every movie is a reboot, every movie lacks energy and they're all the same stories. Not saying that this movie is necessarily original, but it is trying new things. Down to what I said before, Claire, she could have just been another stereotypical pretty mean girl, but instead she is actually a fleshed out character for the little that we get of her. She's actually compelling. This movie makes you, makes me someone from a country that doesn't snow regularly enough to actually have snow days. In Australia, it snows in some places, but not really enough to the extent. So I don't understand the joy of snow days, but it makes me understand. It makes me want a snow day. And here's the thing. It does make me, on a level, get it. It makes me get the sense of what a snow day is. It makes me get it. It makes me feel like I've lived a snow day, which I have not. I have not lived a snow day. Yes, I've had days off school, but not in this extent that we, as people who are not from America, who are not from a snow-based country, it makes us think that's how it happens. It makes me believe that's what a snow day is. Not necessarily the crazy hijinks with a snowplow man, but the fact that you make that guy an antagonist because he's ruining the possibility for more days Ryan of Ryan Orion, you're in this too. Yeah. He, he ruins it because of that. He's not a real bad person, but also the idea that everybody in the town is having a day off and everyone's having a day of fun, which is not how the world necessarily works. I appreciate what this movie has done, for that feeling of nostalgia too, because it does capture that essence of what it is to be a kid, to what it what it is to be a teenager in love. I think that this movie is genuinely an unappreciated masterpiece. It needs to be checked out. It is of a Nickelodeon property, and it does carry that, and that is some of its weakness, that you can tell that it was for... A pre-existing property and it's just been adapted but even that doesn't truly matter the humor is there the acting is there and I honestly think that this is one of the last times that we get to see Chevy Chase actually kind of try he doesn't try too hard that's the thing about Chevy Chase he never tries but that's a part of his charm but he tries on a level we see him now and he just he has no soul but in this movie he was actually a genuinely nice dad. And I think that that is important to remember. This is one of the last movies where we see a, a caring Chevy Chase. And that is just another element of it. Bullies are interesting. Music is great. And you get an Iggy Pop cameo. And the joke is Iggy Pop's a punk musician and he's playing Al Martino songs. And it's not like a four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kid's going to get that joke. But it is a joke in itself. It's just a funny little thing to know. Hell, most people of common sense may not even know Iggy Pop. People who are watching this movie may not even know who he is. But that is there. The elements work. It's a joke for those who are in the know. Yeah, and he's just an absurdist comedy on a level. I give this movie... Um, you know, I give this movie uh, a Josh Peck fart. Out of... 
a Josh Peck fart. I mean, he does six. He gives six farts. I give it six farts out of six Josh Peck farts. Still 100%. Bartek? I like how you mentioned the whole thing of Chevy Chase not caring. And right now we're looking at the main menu. <laughs> and at the very, you know, bottom <clears throat> bottom right quadrant, uh, Snowplayer Man and Chevy Chase, Buried their heads stuff. are both in the snow. Uh, Snowplayer Man looks like he's actually reacting to the situation. Like, oh God, I'm actually Chevy Chase looks annoyed. Snow. And Chevy Chase looks like... He, you're right. He just doesn't look like he cares, but he cares on some level that like he just doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So let's hear from you. So from me, you did raise an excellent point. How for all that this movie has, we could say that it is a comedic masterpiece on account of its humor uh, and all the things it does. But really, the brilliance of this movie is surrounding the whole magical childlike view the romanticization if that's a word mm. of the aspect of a snow day so i think in a the, like one of the closest equivalents i could possibly think of that we have here is a uh, wet weather days Did yeah have... when when they flood when, when uh, well, your town floods well, and schools off no d- down 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 here in melbourne mate um it's much more like petty than that it's like if on days where it's raining really heavily uh yeah. school will finish like half an hour early no only if the town's flooding where i'm from yeah so because you... people have to get home because if they can't get home they lo- they're, they're gonna be they're gonna have to figure something out you guys are just so ridiculous clearly you have to finish early because you might get a little wet <laughs> yeah yeah brilliant <laughs> that's the melbourne way yeah <clears throat> so you were saying Yes. Um, the brilliance of this movie is surrounding the romanticization of a snow day. The, the whole line of anything can happen on a snow day. And it's shown to us as this is another case of where we see a movie. And it's like, this is all in one day. A lot of things happen in one day. The snowplayer man not only does probably all of his route, he also has a whole subplot about uh, uh, his bird being kidnapped him holding a kid hostage, <laughs> yeah. him tr- him finding information about a kid that he's looking for from a mum, doing all that sort of stuff. And then we have the actual main characters of the movie who are going through the love plot kind of teen movie with the uh, narrator main character. Like, mo- mo- the most primary main character, I guess we would say, is Hal. Mm-hmm. we got, like, the more uh, big fat liar-ish catch-that-kid plot with the kids who are going after the snowplay man. Then, like you said, we have the adult plots, where you've got... This is a real family movie. The mother is struggling to keep her... Not keep her family together, but be in her family's life, I guess. To be a mum. To be a mum. And I've certainly met people who've had problems like that, where they think their work is just taking up too much time. And then, yeah, Chevy Chase's plot is that he's got a rival who's being a bit of a dick and he wants to put him in his place by asking him where snow comes from. Well, it's more than that. He wants I, I simplifying dignity it, back. He wants his dignity back and he wants to wear pants, as you said. He wants credibility. Credibility. Symbolised by pants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, ridi- ridiculed by costumes. I really like this movie, not only because of Josh Peck being man-o-man so great, but because it... Much like I said in the Big Fat Liar episode, it really did feel like I was watching something as a kid again and just enjoying it. Not mm. looking for... 
I'm, I'm going to say I'm, we weren't, I wasn't looking for super profound things like we actually discussed. The fact that I did find them, like the whole talk about Claire being a, a, an excellent character, despite the fact that she's meant to be something sought after by the main character. She's was, more than that. That she was more than that was an excellent thing that genuinely this movie has that other movies can learn from. And while this... While other movies have probably learnt more from characters like Chuck the Bully or the Snowplow Man, uh, Snowplow Man specifically having his influence seen in Big Fat Liar from the Marty Wolf character, mm-hmm. and I guess Chuck f- being seen by the... Every bully character Every ever. bully character, but probably especially the one in Band Slam. Yeah. Well, that one was also a popular guy he, who's yeah. going after one of the main girls. He's barely in it. He was barely in it, but you know, he he won by the end, sort of. Yeah. In many ways, actually. He he was a big winner. I don't know, I'm just throwing out all these thoughts out there, but I think I think in one way or another they're all out there. So I should give a final rating of Snow Day. And I give Snow Day Let's think. Thinking. Thinking. <sighs> I give Snow Day. Man, oh man, this was a great movie! Did you mean? Oh man, this is a great movie! Oh man, man, this is walking through your boys! Just before we start the IMDb reviews, uh, I want to get this before we forget. Did you have a favourite scene or, or moment in the movie? By the end, now that you've seen it twice, you you wanted to postulate on that for a while. I just want to make sure because I know the audience is sitting there waiting, waiting to hear Bartek's gem in the gem. Ah. <sighs> It's hard, I know. It is hard. I don't know. I think it would be a toss-up between anything that Josh Peck says and maybe the bully brainstorming monkeys. Yeah. So there, There's just one thing left that we I forgot to bring up and that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. In this movie, they had that whole thing of, like, the main guy knows more about... Claire than the bully does. Yeah. And the fact that he knows very specific facts, uh, you know, key selling points, one of those facts was her favourite gum. Yeah, well, he would have seen her chewing it all the time. Yeah, but, um, do people often, like, have... Chew gum? Yeah, they had chew gum, yeah, but have their favourite gum is, like, a thing that people should know? No, but the fact that he knew that specifically indicates that he cares enough to pay attention to her. Unlike her boyfriend, who doesn't even know the colour of her eyes, who doesn't even know her favourite animal, and let alone he doesn't even know what kind of gum she likes. That is the thing. So, apart from that, we're gonna read. I'm going to read reviews from IMDb. Now, the best way to describe the reviews that are ever read from IMDb for these movies are they're from a different dimension, a parallel universe, some kind of multiverse situation in which this movie is a different breed of creature to what we understand it. In terms of the movie's the same, but the universe within that movie, it's like the movie is the best film ever made in this universe that these reviews come from, or the worst movie ever made. Not what it is in our universe, which is just unappreciated. So let's hear... And boy, oh boy. Ryan, do we have some out-of-this-world reviews? We have some We have some reviews. A lot of these reviews uh, are from when the movie came out, but I'll tell you 
Um, this first one's from 2005, so five years after. Uh-huh. It's an eight-star review called Underrated Funny Movie. I first saw this movie at my cottage in 2001 because my little cousins begged me to rent it. I groaned because it looked like any other family channel movie with cheesy lines, etc. However, I was very wrong. I enjoyed it thoroughly and was... I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was recently advertised to be shown on TV again and I felt nostalgic about it. But I couldn't help thinking that since I was 13 when I first saw it, my tastes might have changed and I would now hate it. Again, I was definitely wrong. This movie can appeal to any age group because it has plot lines involving a wide range of ages. All the plot lines offer something funny and cute, even if sometimes unbelievable. But with a movie like this, you have to be able to suspend your grasp on reality for a couple of hours. If you're looking for a good light movie to pass some time with, you will not be disappointed by this one. I recommend it to anyone. Very, very fun. This Straight from the cottage. This next one uh, is from 2000, has no star rating, and I'm just going to apologise now if I do get the girl's last name wrong, but the title is Mischief Bot, as in the butt, not as in but why. B-U-double-T. And Emmanuel Chiquer. Part American Graffiti. A few hours in the lives of several kids and the adults in their lives. Part Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Fun and life lessons learned in a day off from school. Part Groundhog's Day. The second film in what I hope will eventually be the Weatherman trilogy featuring Chris Elliott in quirky roles. And a part A Christmas Story. Nostalgia and Snow. I just love that's the only reason why it's somewhat similar to a Christmas story is nostalgia and snow. Snow Day is a slapstick comedy that doesn't take itself seriously and offers harmless fun. Something for everyone in the family. Chevy Chase and Gene Smart have fairly small roles as the parents, but they are a joy to watch. Stories involving younger kids remind me of our gang. The stories involving teens remind me of Ferris Bueller. Rated PG for mischief. Say what? And the word but. Not only drop, uh, Emmanuel Shakur plays the most popular girl in school who is not only drop dead gorgeous, but a girl next door type who is nice to everyone. She makes a terrific role model, and it's refreshing to see this aspect of her character, which in most movies would have been written as all-out bad. I'm very glad someone else noticed this. Yeah, I like how they also mentioned that the different stories felt like different genres. Exactly. This next one's a more... um, Wait, hold on. What did the butt have to do with... Someone said butt. And that's rude word? Yeah, it's mischief. (laughs) Okay. Well, good thing (laughs) in Australia it's rated G, according to your box. Yeah, well, you know... This next one's a bit more of a negative review. It's a one, two, three, four, five star review. So oh, average. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Kids movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kids movie. Not so bad, really. Well, it doesn't. Really, it sucks. Oh, so it's like, like <laughs> they went like, oh well, it does. It, it, they went through an adventure. It, it this is from two thousand. So when the movie came out. 
okay. It's not great art, and there's a lot of wasted energy in this one, but it's got a lot of your basic kid themes with some good performers. I like Xena Grey, who plays the little girl in the piece, and Emmanuel Chacur in is stunning as the school, high school hottie. Chevy Chase does his best in a reverse role, and you've got to love the rubbery Iggy Pop as the human target, Principal Zellweger. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if they watch this movie. Um, too bad there's not more of him in this flick. Oh, there's plenty I didn't care for. For one, Jean Smart's role as the busy mother who suddenly discovers her little fat son. <laughs> All thanks to the power of snow. But hey, okay, so um, she discovers suddenly discovers her fat little son. All thanks to the power of snow. But hey, you can't make a silk purse. And that's the review. The only thing that would have made that better if you thought that the actor that played the principal played Mr. Zellweger. It is so good. So, um, that was that. Yeah, actually, there was a qu- one of the quiz is questions that... that I did. Like, not the, the answers weren't funny, but one of the quiz questions thought that Mr. Zellweger was a high school principal. Yeah, I don't so a know. lot of people just don't know this movie. Um, is "Hey, you can't make a silk purse" an expression? Is it a common phrase? I've never heard it before, but it's just like, me, but hey, me, me neither. You can't make a silk purse. I guess silk isn't can't. really a thing that you make hard things out of. Uh, hey, this next one from two thousand and two. This movie is not just for kids. I hate to see people meticulously pine over the details of this marvellous film as if it were the last temptation of Christ. It's a simple film with heart and hilarity. This film features some of the funniest child actors I've ever seen. It's painfully corny, yes, but at the same time, it makes you laugh out loud and feel the characters. Watch this movie. It's pure hilarity and fun. That's it. I, I just love... What I love about that one is not only The Last Temptation of Christ, but the fact that they've discovered the word hilarity and use it like two or three times. <laughs> now, the next one is great because they get it they get it wrong in the title already. Instead of Al Martino, they write El Martino Bites the Big One. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I don't remember this Spanish bit, is it? El Martino Bites the Big One. Eight-star review from 2014. <clears throat> This review may contain spoilers, so in case you were wondering. (laughs) They might get it wrong. Snow Day isn't perfect, but I saw it in grade 7 and loved it immediately. Sure, it's got the one or two crude humour jokes, and sure, it's hokey at times, but it's a hilarious adventure about what can happen on a snow day. Hal and Natalie are a brother and sister living with their weatherman father, stay-at-home computer-addicted mum, and baby brother Randy. I love already. She doesn't stay at home. She's she's a business. She's rarely at home. She, she's forced to stay at home on the snow day. <laughs> That's all. Okay. And baby brother Randy, which indicates he's a baby for a start. Yeah, I've heard people describe him as that. I don't know. The family is dysfunctional. Laura, the mum, is always on her webcam and never looks away from the screen, then gets angry when Randy makes a mess or wants to play with her. Tom, the father, has very low ratings and is constantly in competition with Chad Simmons, a flashy, modern weatherman 
who viewers all over town love. Randy is a defiant child, always getting into things and making messes just for the hell of it. Hal has a fixation on a popular girl from his high school, Claire. Meanwhile, Natalie and her two friends, and then this is in bracket, an overweight boy named Wayne and her best friend, Chet. <laughs> I'm mad that it's winter and and is in the and and the town is in the middle of a heat wave, meaning there won't be any snow days. Much to much to the joy of their school principal, Natalie wishes on her brother's favorite action figures for a snow day to come by. Does she do that? I thought she wishes on upon a snow globe given by her father. I think she does it on both. So, when Natalie gets her wish, the town suddenly changes. Anything can happen on a snow day, Natalie says, and it can. Laura <laughs> is about to learn that a, fam- that, that a family matters more than a laptop screen. Tom is about to find the courage to stand up to Chad Simmons. Hal is going to discover that his true love has been right by his side the whole time, and Natalie and her friends will finally have the courage to stand up to the evil snowplow man. What about Randy? The- Wait, the sadistic and somewhat pervy guy who always follows her plans of a perfect school day, perfect day off school. Wait, he's pervy? Uh, I Uh, guess, I guess he's just creepy, but I guess he's pervy. Because of Clementine being out in the open? Okay. The the girl? Okay, prepare yourself, Bartek. This is still the same review. I had the movie novelization of Snow Day as a kid. I bought it at a second-hand store when I was three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. They bought it when they were three. <laughs> Imagine a three-year-old kid walking up to the counter with it in their in their hand, going, "I want this one." I've got to say, the movie is much better. I love the animation in the intro, and there are various funny scenes from Tom knocking over an ice sculpture of Chad to a janitor finding the words, uh, finding the words Al Martino by the big one written above a toilet. <laughs> I love that they get this movie so correct. At his, at his skating rink, he dips the cleaning rag in the toilet to get it wet as he cleans away the graffiti. Ha ha. The only thing I just didn't understand was Wayne, the fat kid. Every time he runs, a farting noise plays in the background. It's unnecessary and pretty crude. That's the end of the review. <laughs> I bought it when I was three. Which means that he's much younger than us. So we've got a real negative review to end on he's today. He's Big Dick 69's age. This is from 2015. Snowplow guy is not the enemy. Four stars. <laughs> right, okay. I could have enjoyed this movie much more if it did not depend on the premise that the snowplow guy is the enemy. The idea that the snowplow guy takes away the snow days by clearing the roads of snow so he is the enemy? Coincidentally, he is not a nice guy. In real life, most cities have more than one person driving snowplows. Right? And not all of them are jerks, so it was difficult for me to get into the idea of the kids doing dirty tricks on the snowplow guy. The romance in the story is too simple. There is not enough depth. It is more like a cliche romance. The writers try to complete the romance by making the boyfriend a big jerk, and I think that was overdone. It made the comedy ugly. 
<laughs> I just love that, like, Snowball got the, the, the city council. <laughs> it's like, you're all of them are jerks. <laughs> so, asking, hey, what's your job, S- Snow uh, Man? So, that is Snow Day. Yes. The Nickelodeon classic. I'm glad that you guys can join us, and it's glad to be back. We took a break <laughs> off for. It's glad to be back. It's glad. I'm glad. It's glad. To be back, yeah. It, you know, we took a while off because uh, snow days happened for three weeks, uh, but now we're back and running with these podcasts with the unappreciated masterpieces. And um, snow day is a perfect, perfect movie. Uh, I, you know, there's nothing else to say about it other than it is one to watch. Ryan, they say that true love is Blind. being able to stand being around a person for 10 minutes at a time. So we aren't in love. We've been doing this episode for, for about almost two hours. Um, yeah, we're doing it for a bit. So, I love you, Bartek. Ew! Oh, sorry, I'll make it more more friendly. Uh, oh, I love you, boy kick! <laughs> I feel like Oprah. <laughs> oh, watch out! then i I hit him with my car uh so you guys as always have been fantastic amazing wonderful superfluous listening people Mm. and you know where you can contact us we have a facebook page spin polish presents you can like that if you haven't already and on there you can also find some extra content that we do and in case you're wondering yeah we do take movie requests if you have a movie that we have not done and you just want to hear us talk about it, we'll, you know, suggest it to us. Because, hey, Bartek never seen Snow Day, and if I didn't know about it, we may not have ever done it. There's lots of movies that can slip us by, and you may know those movies, so feel free to tell us. Or just tell us what you think of the show, what you like about it, what you don't like, whether or not you like the fact that we're Polish, which is, yes, you do, because we're the greatest nation on Earth. Um... Okay, enough. Uh, I don't know how to speak Polish. You're embarrassing me in front of everyone. So, so you guys, as always, remember to be kind to one another. And when it's snowing outside, no matter what the context is, you must look into the sky, stick your tongue out, and yell, SNOW! For 40 minutes. Um, until next time, guys. Be kind. Linda, I, I just want to say that um, I, I, I love you. You've got the b- b- best green eyes I've ever seen in my life. Your favorite gum is hubba bubba grape. And, and I, I love the way your nipple, I mean, the, the way you the dive. I, I, would, would you go out with, with me? No. Shit! I like, I like zebras. Oh, not chimps. <laughs>